You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. And today I've got Larry Wingett joining me. We're going to talk about business and life, and we'll throw some trucks in there if you want. And uh, just about anything else that crosses your mind. We're going to get to your calls and questions in just a little bit. Larry, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you again. Well, great to have you here. And uh, how's your day going so far, by the way? You know, it is a gorgeous day here. Rained in Scottsdale, Arizona yesterday, and so uh, that's always a good thing. Bright, sunny today, nice, crisp. It's wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. I don't have bright and crisp and sunny. I have foggy, and uh, but that's nice here. But I got to tell you, it was a great morning. We uh, we have my son and twin grandson staying with us for a couple days, and to wake up to twin three year olds is just a joy. <laughs> I know it is. I have a three year old grandson, a six year old grandson, and a seven year old grandson. So uh, when I get to have them all in one, it's noisy though, isn't it? It is noisy. In fact, if you hear background noise, it's the two little troublemakers running around. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I've never really been around twins much. So having twins like this is just crazy. They are so identical. They still can stand next to each other. I can't tell which one is which until they do something because they are polar opposites in their personality. You, You, you know, immediately who's who by their behavior, but you can't tell by looking at them. Wow, that would be uh, strange. It is. It is. It's like uh, two different versions of the same child. It's, uh, but it's, it's like I say, it's a joy. It was great waking up with them this morning. So you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. But I kind of want. I, I've got a theme. You know, it's something I've been working on in trucking, and we're certainly seeing it in the country right now. And that's change. You know, we seem to be going through some really big changes in a lot of ways in the country, in the economy. Um, technology keeps just moving faster and faster. But in trucking, it's compounded right now. Um, we have a massive change going on in the way we do business, in the vehicles that we're probably going to be driving in the next couple of years. Electric's making a big push into trucking right now. And a lot of autonomous technology, which is certainly scaring people, I get that. Um, but we have a big, big change happening today. It, it kicked off today, so this is good timing. Um, in 1938, they created what are called hours of service for truck drivers and, you know, pilots and train engineers, and eventually there were other people on it. And it's just a way to say, look, if you're going to be controlling this vehicle on the road or in the sky, we want to make sure you're not working too much. So it's a way you have to log your hours. You can only drive so many hours. You can work so many hours. Then you have to have so many hours break. And from 1938 till early 2000s, 
there was never a single change made to that system. In the early 2000s, they started messing with it, and they haven't got it figured out. They've made a mess of it, and it just keeps changing. But the big, big change that starts today is that since 1938, you recorded those hours in a paper logbook. And it's even referred to as a comic book, and you know you could have two or three of them and make up your own reality is what we've done as an industry forever. Today is the first day that the paper log books are gone for about 98% of the drivers, and it's all electronic now. So there's electronic. Wow. Yeah, it's all GPS tied into the truck. The, the device knows when you turn the key on and the truck starts. If the truck's moving, everything's now tracked electronically. It's probably the most controversial topic that I've had to deal with in the 32 years I've been in this industry. So it, it's a really split the industry. There are a lot of people that said, look, I love it. I hated doing my paper logbook anyway. This is easier. Um, but a, a, a lot of the industry is, is really freaked out that, you know, there's no more what they like to refer to as flexibility, but there never really was. You know, the rules were the rules. It was just on paper. It was easy to cheat. We called it flexibility. Um, you can't do that anymore. It, yeah. it, it, it's electronic. another word for lying, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's been kind of funny because, you know, everybody's protesting the government and posting every, and they always say, but I used to be able to do this. And, and we'd say, no, you couldn't do that. You did it. And then you lied on your logbook. You cheated. And let's just call it what it is. And we can't do that anymore. So we have to adjust. It's just the reality. So, Today's theme really um, is a lot about change. And I know, you know, you deal with this a lot. People just don't, most people just don't handle change well. Well, this whole, uh, the way it used to be thing, uh, it's ridiculous. Nobody really wants it to go back the way it used to be. I mean, do people really want to go back to to only three uh uh, television stations? No, because people now have 250 stations and still gripe about the fact there's nothing to watch. Um, we don't want to go back to uh, nickel candy bars. You know, I, my mom used to say, I remember when a candy bar was a nickel. And I said, yeah, mom, and you, you made $2 a week. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. That's what your dad made when you were buying nickel candy bars. Nobody wants that crap anymore. So, you know, we get reminiscent in some romantic way, and we romanticize all the wonderful ways it used to be. It didn't used to be all that great either. <laughs> and uh, the fact that they don't like the changes we're going through right now, well, tough. Change is here to stay. Change is the new normal. Chaos is the new normal. And people want it the way it was, and it's never going to be that way again. And hold on. It's not going to be the way it was today again. It's, we're going to see change at such a rapid pace from this point on that our entire world is going to look different from day to day. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I saw a post um, on your page that, that I really liked. And it, in some ways, it goes along with this, because what we're seeing is just this fight against reality. You know, you can say it's good or bad. doesn't matter what you think about it. It's the reality. 
and you, you better deal with it because you're never going to change it. It's going to happen faster. You're right. It, it's like chaos anymore. It changes so fast. But I saw something on, on your page that really hit home with me. And I'm going to paraphrase it here because I'm not looking at it. But it, it was along the lines of it, it does you no good to be great at something your customer isn't willing to pay for. That's exactly right. And yet that bothers people. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, the only thing you should focus on, and that's the rest of the, the meme that was on my page, really is the thing to focus on is what your customers want and are willing to pay for. Why does it do you any good to become excellent at something nobody cares about? It doesn't do you any good. So the key is, what do your customers want most? How do you find that out? You ask them. You talk to them. Uh, and what's amazing is they'll always tell you. They'll tell you why they want to do business with you. They'll tell you what makes you better or different or more unique than anyone else. They'll tell you everything you need to know to transform the way you market to them, sell to them, do business with them, serve them better, as long as we have a great open communications with them. It's stupid to guess about what your customers want. Ask them. And then once you find out what they want, get really good at whatever it is they want, and do a lot of it. You know, my philosophy of selling is so simple. It's find out what people like and give more of it. Find out what they don't like and don't give them any of that. Yeah, well, that's pretty simple. Um, the problem with that is <laughs> how, do, how do you sell a book on that? Yeah. <laughs> it's too simple. That's the problem. But, you know, everybody wants things to be hard. We want change to be hard. Change isn't hard. Change is already there. The only thing that's hard is our acceptance of it. And I know that's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. I get ticked off. You know, I used to sell audios and videos and CDs and DVDs. Boy, by the time I put it out now, it's already on the Internet, and everybody's downloaded it for free. I didn't like that change. So I could sit around and gripe about it, or I could figure out another way to do business. And that's what's going to come down to for every one of us, regardless of the business we're in. We're going to have to adapt, and we're going to have to figure out new ways to do business. Otherwise, we won't be in business. That's what we're about to see a lot of. Uh, we're coming up on a break, so I'll take us into the break. When I come back, I want to give you a, just a, a great example of this in, in trucking that I've been hearing a lot of. And, and I get it. I understand it. But like you just said, we are not going back to the old way. It's just not going to happen. Uh, we'll talk about that and much more when we get back. If you've got questions for Larry and I, jump in. We'll get to them here pretty quick. Stick around. The website's letstruck.com. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. Larry Wingate is here with me. We're talking about dealing with change or not dealing with change, whatever it might be. Larry, one of the things that, that I'll do every once in a while, and I just know it's going to rile people up and piss them off, and um, but it helps get to the truth of where we are in trucking. You know, I, I'm third generation in trucking. My grandfather, my father, most of my brothers and uncles, and there was a time when, you know, it, it was looked at as a profession, you know, the knights of the road. You could always count on a truck driver to help you if you were broke down. You know, they knew all the good places to eat. Um, those days are gone. They, they just are. As much as we would like them to come back, that's not the industry we're in anymore. 
what, so what I'll say every once in a while, I'll say, you know what, um, I could almost, and I put the word almost in there, I could almost teach a monkey to drive a truck. And people go ape. I mean, they just go nuts over that. And my point is, it's not a skilled trade. It, does, it can be. There are people that are very, very skilled at driving a truck. Uh, some amazing things. And that's fantastic. But the customers don't care. And, and that's why this, this hit home with me when I saw that. The customers don't care how good you are at driving a truck. When we look at the skill of driving a truck, we teach most kids to drive around 15 or 16 years old. It's not that big of a deal. Now they're just going to drive a vehicle that's bigger. You just need a little more space to do everything. So it's not hard to teach somebody how to drive a truck. It may be take years to get really, really good at it. And that's what pisses people off. But the thing is, the customer themselves, if the freight shows up at their dock, mostly undamaged and sort of on time, they're happy. That's all they really care about. And that's what the industry has become. We, we, we have a huge turnover rate. We, people move in and out of the industry. If, if, you know, construction slows down, people come and drive truck for a while because you can always get a job and pay the bills. And that's what a lot of people are fighting against. They, they want it to be where their years and years of experience and skill at driving that truck means something. But unfortunately to the customer, it just doesn't. Well, and we're all paid in direct proportion to how the customer sees the value we bring to them. And if the customer doesn't value the skill, because you're right, it's nothing but a skill, uh, the skill of driving a vehicle, then the customer is not going to be willing to pay for that uh, at the level that they once were, and it's going to become commoditized. When it becomes commoditized, and believe me, your industry becomes more that way every single day when we're talking about uh, driverless trucks and so forth, and we talked about that last time we were together. But that means that the industry, the marketplace, sees what you do as a commodity. So what every person has to do is say, if I took the driving out of the equation, because the, the marketplace doesn't value that part of it, what parts do they value, and how can I market that? Which is a great lesson, and it, I'm going to get off track here. Hopefully, I come back to this, but, it, you know, I talk about the issue of, of being a commodity, and, and you, sh you don't want to be a commodity. It's the last thing you want to do in business. You deal with a lot of entrepreneurs in a lot of different industries, and you have for a long time. Do you find mm -hmm. that Many entrepreneurs, their problem is they know their business really well, their skills, those kind of things. They just don't understand the basics of business well enough. Well, I think, Kevin, that that's just a huge portion of it, regardless of the kind of the business that you're in. So what does the customer really value? Well, they value, in your case, maybe being on time or, or, or you have a whole list, I'm sure. But if you don't understand what business is really about, then you don't understand your customer. And if you don't understand your customer, you're not going to be good at your business. Business, and, and this is what I remind people about all the time, business really only has one purpose, and that's to be profitable. Now, what makes you profitable? Serving customers well makes you profitable, bringing a lot more value than you cost. 
uh, in other words, the cost of uh, of your solution, you being the solution, can't exceed the cost of the problem. So uh, you've got to solve a bigger problem than the cost of your solution. So you have to understand that. So you have to understand what's really important to them that allows them to make more profits. And when you understand those sorts of things, which are the basics of business, that helps you structure what you do and learn to communicate and articulate what you do in such a way that the customer starts to see more value in what in who you are. And what that does in your business, in my opinion, is it takes the the driving part that they do see it as a commodity out of the equation, and now they start to see you as an asset to helping them achieve their goals. If you're not an asset to helping them achieve their goals, then you don't understand their business, and they're not going to value you. One of the things I fight against, it took me a long time to realize why I, I was fighting or debating with people, and we seem to be talking about two different things. Then I realized they don't understand the basic business concepts that's driving this. They don't understand supply and demand, which is the basics of business. They don't understand that some things are a commodity. Um, so I've been trying to help people just understand those concepts so that we can move on. And, and here's, you know, you started to touch on this in trucking. The, the truth of the matter is most of the stuff that moves by truck, especially when you see the standard van-type trailer going down the road, most of that freight, it, it just is a commodity. And there's not a lot we can do about it. It's like selling sugar. You know, if you sell sugar, what are you going to do? Color it purple? I mean, it, it, it's a commodity. And you have to deal with that. But there's mm-hmm. a way in trucking, and there's a way in every business, to say, wait a minute, that may be true. But I don't have to become a commodity. What, and you were talking about this. What can I do different? What I've found is first off, stay away from the freight that tends to be a commodity anyway. And then what customers are really looking for in transportation is somebody who can solve problems and think critically. Moving freight up and down the road around the country is not like an assembly line where everything stays the same every day. It changes constantly. So first off, find the freight that tends to be problematic. There's always something going wrong. And then go in and be a problem solver. Learn how to think critically and find that value that they're willing to pay for. And if you do that, by the way, that's something a computer or an autonomous vehicle can never do. Not in our current world. May come someday, which is kind of scary, but they can't think and they can't solve problems. They can only do what they were programmed to do. And that's exactly what customers do value. Uh, when you help them solve problems and you are solving problems for them because you understand their business and what really matters in business, that's when you become more than a person who is moving a great big vehicle down the road. It- <laughs> Yeah, and and what we're seeing trucks move vehicles, people solve problems. Yeah, yeah, there you go. What we're seeing in this industry, and probably in society, and you know across a lot of industries, is a split. The people who are getting that part that are critical thinkers, they're problem solvers, they understand it's all about providing value to the customer. I am seeing guys who own one truck earning more than I have ever seen, astronomically more. And 2018 looks like it's going to be really exciting for a lot of reasons. And yet we're also seeing people at the other end of the spectrum. If you don't get this, 
you're falling off the radar. You're getting called from the herd, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of people in the middle anymore. Well, you know, it's that way in every industry, though. We're seeing that happen in the dry cleaning industry. I talked to some people the other day who are in the chimney sweep business, and I spoke last year to the national chimney sweeps. And and what's interesting, Kevin, is what you're talking about right this minute about culling the low end and the people at the top end are doing extremely well and their business is growing and, you know, and it's becoming, they're be- really becoming wealthy in the chimney sweep industry and all the middle guys are just kind of uh, going away. And so it's, it, people, the trouble is with change, people think it's all about them. No, it's not. Uh, it, it, trucking's not that unique in that this respect. It's happening to every single industry. It's happening in the medical profession. Talk to doctors. They'll tell you the very same thing. And so the clue for the, all of us who are involved in something like that, because it's hitting my industry as well, old guys like me, been at the top for a long time, yep. Uh, we've proven that we are problem solvers, and that's why people still hire us. A lot of people falling out. And here's what you have to do. You have to make up your mind you're not going to get called from the herd by starting to alter the way you do business. But what you also have to do, instead of falling into the herd by griping about what's happening to your industry, you ought to actually be happy about it. Yep, I'm telling people in the trucking industry, you ought to be glad that you're going to lose 10% of the folks in your business because they shouldn't have been there to begin with. I tell everybody the best thing that can happen to any industry is for a whole bunch of people in that industry to go away because they haven't earned the right to, to provide services to the clients out there. They haven't earned that right. They haven't uh, uh, proven to the marketplace that they have that kind of value. And so if they go away, good. And when you're able to look at your business and say, Hey, Larry, sorry, I hit the uh, button before I you were done. We'll come back to that thought. I've got to get to a break when the music plays. They make me shut up for a couple minutes. So we're going to do that. We're going to take the break. We're going to come back. Um, we'll let Larry finish that thought because it was a good one. I've got some more. We're also going to get to your calls and questions. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Larry Wingett is here with me. Larry, I want to I want to jump on that statement you just made for a second because you're a pretty persuasive guy. You know, I talked about we have the guys who get it; they're doing really well right now. The guys who don't get it are struggling. There's still some people on the fence, and and I want to help persuade them. You just said the best thing that could happen to an industry is for a whole lot of people to get out of it. Well, let me tell you what's going on with this. Um, the first time this topic came up for me, I was doing a, a speaking engagement in San Antonio about 10 years ago. And somebody who was pretty high up in the industry, I was talking to him about this topic, this ELD thing. And, and I said, is it going to happen? And he said, look, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's just when. We can't predict when. But at some point, we are going to be on electronic logs. And he was dead right. They also had the best of the best. They were doing truck driver of the year awards and owner operator of the year awards. And they had six guys up there and they were doing like interviews, asking them questions about the industry. And they asked them all what would happen if we went to electronic logs. Now, these guys are some of the top drivers at the time. Every one of them said, I'll quit. I will not have one of those devices in my truck. I'll quit. There was a survey about Two years ago, when they came out with the law and said, December 18th, 2017, it's live. And 40% 
of the drivers in the country said they would quit if this happened. So it, clearly not that many are going to quit. They have bills to pay just like everybody else. They're going to put up with it. Some are quitting. We're seeing it. But here's the other thing that's happening. There are drivers and owner-operators quitting, getting out of the industry. There is also now, if we, again, we go back to the basics of business, supply and demand. Currently, there's a set a certain amount of trucks, drivers, and we call that capacity. And then we have a certain amount of freight. That's the demand. And the other thing that figures into capacity, though, is how many hours can that driver work and drive? And we've always cheated the rules. We, we all agree to it. I did it. Um, we all cheat the rules. And by cheating the rules, what we did was we increased capacity which works against us. We want capacity to be low and demand to be high. And we knowingly cheated the rules and created more capacity. Well, today, starting today, that capacity gets diminished because we can't cheat anymore. So you have people getting out of the industry and you have the rules being enforced, which decreases capacity. That seems like a win-win if you want to stay in the industry and make money. Seems like it to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, did our 40% going to leave? No. No way. If they did, we would would be in – our economy would be in trouble. I guess, you know, the the rates would go up. The good thing about a free market or a semi-free market is that if that were to happen, it's not. These guys can't afford to just go – Larry, where else can you – Exactly. Without a high school education, with very little training, where else can you go and reasonably make dollars $60,000? A more experienced driver can go to places like Walmart and make $80,000 a year. Private carriers pay pretty well. You can't make that kind of money without a skill. So they're – there are some that will leave. Most of them are already older. They were probably going to be out of the industry fairly soon anyway. Um, but if it were to happen, we would have this huge vacuum. Rates and wages would have to go up. Everybody would flood in anyway. But if we lost 40% of the drivers, you'd see store shelves looking a little empty. So why do, and again, this happens in every industry, why do people just get their mouths, they let their mouth overload their ass, and they get all braggadocious and, and say, well, I'll just quit if that happens. The people know damn good and well they're not going to quit. <laughs> what they ought to do is say, hmm, it's going to happen. What am I going to do? But here's the reason they don't do that, because it requires more of them. And it happens across the board in every business. People have to step back and say the changes that are going on in the marketplace – when the brick-and-mortar stores on Main Street said, Walmart will never beat us, we're special. No, you're not. You're selling commodities again. Yes. <laughs> Just like what we've been talking about. And I can get a commodity cheaper at a big box store, so go out of business. We won't miss you. Sorry. And that's what happened to downtowns all across America. And that's what's happened in every single industry. People start thinking they're special, and then they start bragging, and they get all big and all just quit, and we'll see what happens to them then, knowing they won't. Instead of going to the mirror and say, what can I do to make myself more unique, of more value, serve people better, what can I do? 
But that requires effort on their part and a new way of thinking on their part. And sadly, most people aren't willing to do it, and they're the ones that are going to get culled from the herd, not by choice, but because they didn't make the right choices, and they're going to get pushed out. You know, and, and if, on the surface, that can look like a lot of bad news. You know, we could go over example after example of industries disappearing, stores disappearing, people being replaced by big box stores and other things. But on the other hand, you could also look at it and say, yeah, but look at all the entrepreneurs that have figured out a way. You have people making, you know, really, really good money selling scarves or who knows what crazy thing. Because uh-huh. th- there is this other huge opportunity at the other end of the market where people do want real value and specialty things that can't be delivered by those big companies. Well, and I do think actually in the long run it is a good thing. But here's where the hypocrisy comes in, is that people say, no, I – I would never, ever go to a big Walmart, or I would never abandon the small guy, the little guy. And, and then they're faced with the question, uh, so would you pay 25 to 50% more to still do business in your little downtown with the little bitty guy? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. That You're a hypocrite to say that you would. And it's ridiculous to think that you should do that. And so what people have to do is look at themselves and figure out, how am I going to get better? Because I have no choice in the change. All these truck drivers that are bitching about the fact that uh, and whining about the fact that the electronic logbooks have happened, they didn't have a choice in that. Your choice is not how the change, uh, whether the change is going to happen. Your choice is how are you going to deal with the change. Same in my business, same for doctors. You don't have a choice about change happening. You do have a choice about how you react and respond, deal with it, manage it. Good stuff. What do you uh, What do you say we jump into a couple calls and see what uh, the listeners want to talk about? Sure, let's do it. Let's head off to Texas. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kevin. How are you all doing today? Good. Good. Hey, Larry, I attended your uh, UBS summit this year, and my wife and I are attending next year. Uh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with change. I know I'm an entrepreneur because I embrace change. I love change. So uh, I kind of want to talk to you about the decision-making process in business. So many, so many variables. Sometimes we all want to make the right decisions when we're making decisions for our business. But, uh, Sometimes some of the decisions have so many options, so many variables. I'm wondering if the old school process of drawing a line down the sheet of paper and going with the pros and cons is still the best way to go. For example, I want to increase my fleet by five trucks in 2018. So I'm thinking I want to go out. What I want to do is go out and buy five trucks and then hire five drivers. But the option that sounds may sound a little more reasonable. It may be a little more reasonable, but still has a lot of variables. Is buy a truck, hire a driver, get it going. Buy the seventh truck, hire a driver, get it going. Buy the eighth truck, hire a driver. But what I want to do is go out, get five trucks, and just get going. So making these decisions with so many variables is. Let me get your opinion. Well, I'll give you an opinion about the decision-making tree, and Kevin can certainly weigh in on the truck part of it. 
But I do think that, and that's called the Benjamin Franklin close from many, many, many years ago. It is where you draw the big line down the center of the page and look at the pros and cons. And that's certainly still a very valid way to make decisions. But there are a lot of others, and you proved that in your opening statement to me about you came to the summit where I talk about small business with my two of my buddies. And the other alternative in the decision-making process is that you go to pros. You go to people who have done it before and have had more experience than you, and you get some, some really expert feedback and input into what you're wanting to do, and you also listen to them. So when you're talking about the major kind of expenditure that you're laying out here, uh, I would say that you try all kinds of things. But here's what the other thing in the decision-making process that people rarely take the time to do. What if the worst happened? And people never have a downside plan. What if the worst thing that could possibly happen actually happened? What would you do then? How bad would it hurt you? Now, I'll let Kevin weigh in in just a second. But so you go out and you buy five trucks and you go from there. Uh, what if it doesn't go? If you buy one truck and you start out and it goes a little slower, you're out one truck. If you buy five trucks and it goes slower, you're paying for five trucks. Oh, hold, so the, hold, sometimes, that, hold that thought, Larry. Let me end right there. We'll get to a break. We'll come right back. Stick around. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Larry Wingett is here with me. We're talking with David in Texas. And Larry, it, it, it's interesting that the advice you just gave and where you were going with that, it just proves another point of mine that that most of business, a lot of it's just all the same. It's just business. And then, you know, we can get down to the specifics of trucks and all those things. But it, I was about to answer David the same way. Let's look at historically what happens in trucking. Let, let's look at, you know, the worst case scenario. And I was going to end up right in the same place you ended up that we'd love to go out and buy the five trucks. And in today's environment, it's really tempting because rates are really high. There's freight everywhere. 2018 looks like it may be the best year I've seen in 30 plus years in this industry. But there's a huge barrier. That is drivers are getting really, really difficult to come by. So it's not a big deal to go out and buy the five trucks. We can get the money. We can get tons of work for them. But we have to have somebody to drive them. So I'm looking at, I, I have watched many, many people fail or almost fail in this industry, including myself. In my early days, I went from one truck to 11 um, in about a four or five year period and was weeks away from going bankrupt. I mean, it was the lesson that really turned me around. I very, in fact, I can't think of a single case where somebody failed because they grew slower. People usually fail in business because they try to grow too fast. You're exactly right. So, uh, you know, I worked in the landscape industry a while back, uh, Kevin, and the question uh, came up. I was doing a Q&A, and a guy asked a question very, very similarly and, uh, to this one. And uh, one of the guys had been around a long time in the landscape business said, you know, the when uh, most landscapers go out of business, when they buy their second truck. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. It, and we see that in, in trucking, buying that second truck. You know, moving from being an employee to being in business is a big step, clearly. I, I try to help people with that all the time. But I tell them, 
you at least understood, most of you did, that was a pretty big step. What you don't realize is buying the second truck is a bigger step. It seems easy. I already have one. I'm already in business. I'm doing okay at this. Buying a second truck seems easy. Buying five, when you get to the point where David is, he already has five. Buying five more doesn't seem like a big deal. It's the biggest decision he's about to make. And, you know, landscaping, you could probably come up with a thousand examples of industries you've worked with Uh where the mistake is trying to grow too fast. There's almost no downside to trying to grow slower. Yeah, I can't see if you've got five. I don't see a big downside from going from five to six. So I see a big downside going from five to ten. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks a lot, guys, for your input. I certainly appreciate you, and happy holidays to you both. Thanks, David. See you next year, too. Appreciate that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. So, Larry, tell us about that, that event, by the way. It's called the Ultimate Business Summit. Uh, Scott McCain, who is the leading speaker, I would say, in the world right now on creating distinction in your business, regardless of the kind of distinction. We have Randy Pennington, who wrote, I think, the best business book in the last three or four years for sure called Make Change Work. Uh, He's there. And then me. And you get three very unique uh, points of view and we have a variety of small businesses. We do have landscapers and chimney sweeps and trucking companies and, and uh, financial companies. All kinds of uh, companies attend and give us – it's the only event that I know of that is totally client audience driven. We come in – and people tell us, this is what we're facing. That's how we start off. And then we spend a day and a half answering and dealing with the audience issues, client-driven issues. It happens in August every year in Las Vegas. People can just look at ultimatebusinesssummit.com, and they'll find out all about it. You know, there's so much I want to say about that. One, I, I you know, when you talk about, you know, creating distinction, that that lesson and, and being, you know, customer driven and focused, I, my first response is, you know, in trucking right now, there isn't anything more important. But that's it. Like you said, it's in every business. I think of trucking because that's what I do. But that's every business mm-hmm. that needs that right now. And by the way, I'm, I'm teaching an online course right now. So it, all the materials online. Uh, but I actually do a, a one hour a week class where I do it live. I answer questions and it's all about getting into the trucking business. And I assign them a book every week. And for a lot of people, you know, thinking about a book every week is a pretty aggressive schedule, but these guys drive 60 hours a week and can listen to audiobooks. So I've one week I assigned three in the same week. A couple of them were short, but one of them um, was Randy's book about make change work. That's been an assignment. Your book was an assignment. Um, it's called Work for a Reason. Cool. And um, I'm also going to get... Uh, well, you got to do Scott's books. Uh- I- Scott's book, Create Distinction. You ought to put that on your list. It's one of, it's already on the list, and it's, I guess I'll give them a little sneak preview in case they want to go get it early if they're listening. Uh, It's towards the end. So as they, you know, because we're working on getting their business set up, getting them to understand the fundamentals of business. And, you know, I want to finish with that idea of 
being really distinct and, and serving that customer. And you're right, that, that book is just excellent for that. We are, uh, let's see, we are going to head out. This looks like it might be a good question. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Les, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, I wasn't expecting to get on this segment. Anyway, uh, one of the things that has been suggested is that when you want to go into a business, that you need to go find somebody who's doing that business and shadow them for at least a day or take them out to lunch and ask them a lot of questions. I have found a business in Northeast Ohio that's doing exactly what I want to do, but it's part of a uh, larger conglomerate. And I'm wondering what level should I approach? Should I approach like the operations manager or should I approach the president or, you know, what level should I approach for uh, to come spend some time with and learn from. Larry, you want to address that one? Let me tell you what I would say, first of all. Know what's in it for them. There's nothing to me more annoying is for somebody to call my office and say, I'd like to get to Larry uh, so I could pick his brain, and I want to buy him lunch, or I want to have coffee with him. I can make my own coffee, and I can afford to buy my own lunch. There's nothing in it for me, so I don't bother doing that. And so when people call and say, this is what I want, and they're specific, I have three questions, and the three questions are this, and here's why I need to know that, and here's what I will do with the information, and here's why I value you enough to ask you above other people for this information. Now, that's specific. And that's something I can wrap my head around. But when somebody says, let me buy you lunch and pick your brain, I'll buy my own lunch, and I don't like to have my brain picked. So before you call anybody, regardless who it is in the company, I'm going to leave that up to you to decide. But before you do that, figure out what's in it for them. Why would they bother? I'm not get- The most valuable thing anybody has is their time. And you're asking somebody to give you their time. Why should they? When you can answer that question, then you got something to call them about. Thank you. Uh, Kevin, you want to take that second question about the uh, Senate bill about underwrite protection? Yeah, let's do that in the next hour, though, because that one's pretty specific to trucking. So, Larry, you know, I I always love listening to your answers because they are so direct and to the point that many times there isn't even a response. It's just like, oh. Okay. <laughs> it, well, there you go. <laughs> it, it's just like that moment of silence. Like, yeah, that makes so much sense. What can I possibly say? It, it, but, you, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's so dead on. You know, we do want to find people that – here's the other problem – you got to find the people that really are creating and doing the things you want. Cause there are a lot of people that are saying they can do those things or teach you those things. It, it seems to be like an exploding industry. Now people who are teaching other people how to do things that they've never done. There's a lot of that going on. People saying I've done this and, uh, and yet a little bit of research proves they haven't. I would say really do your research ahead of time. Make sure that, uh, the people you're asking for help have actually done what it is you want to know about uh, because the 
especially right now when the language of the internet is hyperbole. People can say anything about themselves. And there's not a lot of credentials usually to back that up. So do your research. Fantastic. Larry, as always, the time goes way too fast. Um, We'll do it again next month. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody, head on over to Larry's website, LarryWinget.com. Everything you want to know is there. Look at that event. 2018 is going to be an awesome year in trucking, and you want to learn as much about business as you can. Larry, thanks again so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.